Welcome in, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dom That's True. How's it going? Owen, how's it going for you? Well, you know, uh, it's been a busy week for me, but oh, yeah. uh, busy week collecting these super spicy takes. Ooh. So I can't wait to, to discuss them, dissect them, congratulate them, pick them apart, roast them. And of course, mention everyone. So no, I'm just... <laughs> and and if, yeah, I know we've been running. We've been running around all on social media. I posted on Facebook and Twitter. I think you posted on Snapchat and Twitter, right? Yeah. So I think the moral of the story here is make sure to follow our Twitters. Twitter. Yeah, I mean, Twitter.com slash Steam Machine. Twitter.com slash Owen. Gosh, damn it. Oh, yes, welcome sir. everybody into another episode of Dom. That's true. I believe this is uh, we're breaking down NFL week. Twelve. Correct? No. No, week 13, because this is 13. episode 14. Right, sorry. The Chiefs are 11 and 1. Sorry. And so are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lamau. We'll huh. talk about it. <laughs> Freaking oh, France. a lot of good news for us Chiefs fans. Uh, of course, I'm Truman Steen. That's my very handsome host, Owen Dom. Yes, uh, sir. So, for this episode, we decided to do something just a little bit outside the normal structure. Normally, it's very structured. I, you know, I pull out three to four Chiefs questions, we go through our normal segments, but we're not doing it this week. We've decided, you know, we're a lot like, and again, this was, I already used this joke, so I'm going to recycle it right now for you, but we're like Andy Reid in the red zone right now. We're running out of ideas. So <laughs> what we're going to do uh, is we put out on our social medias asking for people to give us their hottest takes and, uh, you know, mostly Chiefs related. I think we got one question about the Texans. Um, yeah, other than that, mostly Chiefs. Mostly Chiefs. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to take, you know, 30, 40 minutes here, and we're going to get through about, I think it's 17 takes or so. Huh. 15 to 17 takes, somewhere in there. And we're going to break them down, you know. We're, we're going to go in-depth as we possibly can on them, but, uh, you know. I'm While staying short so we can get through all of them. Right, and you guys have given us a lot of interesting topics. So without further ado, Owen. I would like to get into it. The first question that I saw was one that was posted to you from a buddy named Justin. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said that the Chiefs should start Le'Veon Bell over Clyde, Ed- Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What do you think? So, I can see this. I can, I could see this being a possibility going forward just because of the illness to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But I don't know if Le'Veon should start over Clyde edwards Um. It might be a positive thing. We could see, you know, a little Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing. But I think running back is such a different area. I think that we should just maybe – if that was going to happen, it would have to go more of a committee because if if Le'Veon's getting more carries, I think Daryl Williams also gets more carries. And we see him in a kind of game-ending role like we saw versus the Broncos, you know. Big guy, you don't want to tackle him at the end of a game kind of situation. Daryl Williams. Yes. Del Barrel, yeah, that's right. But I, I don't know if we're going to see Le'Veon ever starting over Clyde Edwards Lair. Right. The biggest issue here is that it involves the it involves mostly the eye test. You're telling me you think Le'Veon Bell is better based on your eyes. But that's not really true. Um, in fact, by uh, from the Chiefs running back stable, which, again, like you mentioned, no matter what, it'll be a committee situation. Starting yeah. back does not mean 25 carries in this offense. Starting back means 12 carries, and the other guy gets seven, and the other guy gets three. But 
Um, among the guys that have played running back this year for the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is leading with 4.6 yards per, yards per carry, which is the most important stat that we're going to get from running backs. And uh, it also comes down to reception yards, and he's also leading them among reception yards as well. So, uh, but so he's averaging 4.6. Daryl Williams actually is averaging 4.5, right behind him. Just kind of an underrated bruiser there for the Chiefs that they bring in the late game just to put it away. And actually, next up is. Owen knows him personally from Twitter, Darwin Thompson, <laughs> averaging four yards per carry. And Le'Veon Bell is actually last of those four with 3.6 yards per carry. Huh. So the eye test is doing a lot there, and it does feel like every single run that Le'Veon has feels good. But uh, there's a lot of runs in there that aren't very good. So as much as you want to, you know, hand it over to the vet here, at the end of the day, we brought him in to kind of keep everybody healthy, especially here towards the end, especially with Clyde. Uh, battling whatever illness he has and you know as the Chiefs did play in Super Bowl last year everybody's really worn out so it helps to have two guys that didn't go on that Super Bowl run to be switching off back and forth from running back that can kind of take that load off of uh, Patrick Mahomes or the wide receivers so yeah and I, I think you know as far as the Le'Veon signing I think it's mission accomplished I think I don't I don't think the Chiefs would be the Chiefs staff anyway he's going to be upset about the signing at all he, he's done exactly required of him He's even taken penalties to protect Patrick Mahomes, something that, you know, as Chiefs fans, you should like to see out of a running back. If, if someone's going to come unabated from the blind side, take the penalty. Take the penalty to, to stop that. And Le'Veon's shown that he does that. So, you know, right. I, I, no, I don't think he starts, but it's mission accomplished for Le'Veon so far. Right. Uh, talking about another player on the Chiefs here, uh, a player who's been fairly inconsistent, Um but why does Butker suck when it comes to extra points, but doesn't? But is absolutely lights out when it comes to field goals. So yeah, or this field is from goals that matter at least. This is from the homie Jeffrey, and I I think well, when's the last time he missed an extra point? I think it was a lot earlier in the year because he's only missed two field goals all year. He's missed two and field I think goals all year. He's missed six at, extra points. What you know, and that's that's quite a bit. But I think that most of them were in, earlier in the year. Let me check. Let me I don't check think he's here. missed an extra point for a while. He hasn't missed one since the Carolina game in week nine. That's not, that's, that's four, four games ago. Sure. And you know, you know, I can get the gripes about missing those extra points, but he's also dealing with a new holder this year, right. which might account for a little bit of the, you know, might be, maybe a little bit of the different rhythm. And I think they're also having a new long snapper this year as well. So maybe even more of a, of a rhythm change, but you know, I, I can understand the gripes, but like like it says in <laughs> in the quote from Jeffrey, he always hits the ones that matter, and it hasn't lost us a game yet, so I don't really care all that much, to be honest. Now, for this hot take, I have another hot take for you. This is actually a very interesting Chiefs conspiracy theory for me for you. Um, Ooh. So, if you remember that Chargers game where they walked it off at, with the with the 58-yard field goal that he hit twice in a row? You remember yeah. that? Uh, yeah. You know, they called the timeout. He was like, whatever, hit it again. Uh, so after that game, after that kick, it looked as if Tommy Townsend had picked something back up off the ground. Now it, it, it couldn't have been anything of significance, but what that significant significance would be is that Tommy Townsend is that, uh, sorry, in the NFL is that you cannot place anything on the ground that serves as any kind of visual marker. You can't place a piece of a paper, a piece of turf, a you can't do anything to kind uh -huh. of insinuate just so everybody has a level playing field. Can't place down a quarter to put it on. You know, obviously you can't have a T. Can't have a tee up. Sure. Um, but that's that all being said, it 
the thing about it is, is it looked like after it, after he made that kick, it looked as if Townsend had picked something back up and was celebrating while still holding it in his hand because he kept his hand like this during the entire celebration. Which, Interesting. For people that can't see it, it just, just looks like I'm just hold, like pinching something. But the interesting thing about that is so on Twitter the week after that, a min, the uh, University of Minnesota, I think, long snapper or holder for them uh, called it out. It was like, it looks like he's placed something down and picked it up, doesn't it? looks kind of weird you know and it's like it kind of does and that was in that in that chargers game and then the next two weeks harrison butker missed an extra point in each game he also missed a field goal the game after that and he missed sorry he missed he missed an extra point in four out of the next five games after that moment so this is not to spread anything i love harrison butker i think he's nails i don't you know i don't think they're cheating anymore at least but <laughs> and it's i don't think it, it couldn't have possibly been that big of a deal it's something you could that was like an inch wide maybe that you could hold on so it couldn't be that big but it's just something to think about just but that's well, my I mean, hot take I, conspiracy theory for this hot take sure i love conspiracy theories is it possible that it was literally just a piece of his shoe or like a lace or... right it, it, but but it was probably against the rules because it was probably a visual marker of sorts. well maybe he picked up a piece of grass uh, you know right you like, can place like you can place pieces of grass or something but you don't have to pick up no but like maybe grass. literally he was celebrating and just grabbed some grass and then people are freaking out freaking out that he grabbed some turf it looked like he had consistently been doing it and it even looked like something like dustin colquitt had been doing it looks like he picked something up real quick i'm just telling you are you telling me that Dustin Colquay is just a mastermind of cheating and has been cheating for 16 years and I don't, nobody I don't noticed? Know if, I don't know if he's been – I'm just – it could be just a weird thing. Well, he's on the Steelers it. now, so. Right. I don't think they're – I think he got cut. But I don't think they're doing it anymore. He did? No way. I, I don't know. That's worth a shot. Worth something to check. But, all right, sorry. That was my random I love it. That's great. for this podcast. Uh, on to the next one. Brady versus Belichick. Who misses who more? Ooh. I, I love this conversation. I really think it's Tom Brady. I, I really do. I think Brady misses Belichick more. You know, and you can make the argument that the Patriots are having a down year. They also had six top players opt out. They had their two middle linebackers, who were arguably some of the best players in the NFL, opt out this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, Brady has one of the best surrounding cast in the NFL. And a, period. And, and an awesome defense on the Tampa Bay side that has just not lived up to the hype. Nothing, this Tampa right. Bay team has not lived up to the hype. And a lot right. of it falls on Tom Brady. But also, yeah. a lot of it falls on Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians make, made some questionable calls down the stretch as well. This yeah. fault's not all on Tom Brady. So I'm with you. I think Brady misses Belichick more. Because I think the Patriots are heading down this road either way. I think, I think if Tom Brady's in there, you think he makes a bigger difference than Cam Newton? You, no. you guys think Cam Newton's the problem in, in New England? That's just not true. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the problem. I mean, sorry. It's just the they. I think Bill Belichick's uh, summed it up the best. He said we sold out. You know, we sold out for a Super Bowl championship the last few years. We gave away picks. We traded guys away. Right. And so they crippled it. But when you win six Super Bowls, you know why not? Like yeah, like I'm, the Royals. Like the Royals at like after 2016 when everybody was gone and it was just right. like. Everyone's like, oh, man, do you guys – sucks to see the Royals go back to the gutter. And it's like, meh, we were in the gutter anyways. Now, And then we went to the World Series, and then we won the World Series the next year. I don't really care if we go back to the gutter. Exactly. We were out of the gutter for three years. I don't, yeah, I don't give a shit. I really don't think Patriots fans are too beat up about this season. No. No, probably not. Uh, moving on to the next one. 
Steel, should this, this, uh, th sorry, that one came from Harrison, uh, Brady versus Belichick, which was sent to you. Uh, this next one was also sent to you, and it says the Steelers should be tied for first or second in the AFC North. Probably. So uh, there was a little bit extra off the tweet that we left off for the topic just for space sake. And and it was actually a second uh, Snapchat sent to me that I didn't screenshot because I didn't feel like I needed it. So that's you. Oh. But it was actually like a description of how per metrics, the Steelers are the luckiest team in football right now. Nobody has been luckier than the than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And so by that metric, they should be either, you know, maybe they shouldn't have beat the Ravens the first time. Maybe they shouldn't have beat the Ravens the second time. And maybe they shouldn't have even beaten the Browns the first time, which is, which is of, of just uh, how weak their schedule is, how favorable the officiating has been for them, and just general luck, like ball bounces and stuff like that. Right. You know, maybe, maybe they shouldn't even be in first. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not sure the Pittsburgh Steelers have beat a Super Bowl contender yet this year. Uh, their best team, their best win, Tennessee week seven, they won by three points, which took some amount of luck, but also some amount of that is coaching. You know, sometimes you just have good coaches. Uh, the inverse uh, of this is the Los Angeles chargers who up until the last two weeks had only lost games by one score. Two weeks ago, there was three, there was three teams in the NFL who hadn't <sighs> lost a game by more than one score. And it was. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost by eight to the Oakland Raiders or to the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Chargers hadn't lost a game by more than two. Obviously, they got blown out by forty-five this last weekend, and they lost yeah. by ten to the Bills after that debacle at the goal line that did help me cover. But so, but my answer to that is that Anthony Lynn isn't as good of a coach as Tom as Mike Tomlin. So right. some of it's luck that they call it, but also sometimes when you come down to those one-score games and dumb bounces or stuff like that, or the refs look at something a little longer, that's also coaching. So right. the Steelers are have been lucky. They've had a lot of close wins. They beat the Dallas by five. They beat Baltimore by four. They beat the Titans by three. They only beat the Eagles by nine. They uh, that, that New York Giants game, they won by ten. It was a little closer than that for a lot of the game. They only beat the Broncos by five early in the year. Only beat the Houston's at the Texans at by seven. Uh, uh -huh. Ravens again by five in a in a game that the JV Lamar squad Jackson, Ravens. Jamar Lamar Jackson Jamar Laxon didn't <laughs> Lamar go. Jackson didn't even play. Trace McSorley and Robert Griffin the third just were, you know, tag teaming it. And so yeah, it's been not it's been, they you know everybody called them the worst 11 0 team ever probably. And yeah, you know and some amount of that is luck, but some of that all. Some of that is also coaching. Uh, and kind of to piggyback onto this, uh, another person sent you a thing that said that the Steelers will lose the number one seed in the AFC and have a first-round exit. I don't think that's even close to outside the realm of possibility. I think, you think, I think that's pretty – Yeah, I, okay. I think that you should consider this as something that is going to happen because I do think it's going to happen. I, I think the Steelers are going to lose the Bills – they're, the Chiefs aren't going to lose another game. The Chiefs are going to finish 15-1. The Steelers will finish 14-2. They'll go down as the worst 14-2 team ever, and they will then lose to whoever they play in the first round. Right. So the interesting thing, and let me check this, because I, I, uh, there's been a lot of shuffling here these last few weeks. So the um, final playoff team, as it stands right now, is the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, geez. And I do think they would lose to that Colts team. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh can afford to lose 
that tiebreaker to Kansas City. I, I just don't think it matters, especially even if even if they get the bye, then it's just worse for them because whoever they play is going to be even better than right. whoever they're going to play as the seventh seed. Yeah, they have to. By the way, Pittsburgh in these last four games have to travel to the Buffalo Bills. They, they have to, and then they get to play travel to Cincinnati. But then they have to face uh, the Indianapolis Colts at home, and then they have to travel again to the Cleveland Browns. So. I mean, three and out the Browns of, look really good. Their last three out of four games are against playoff teams in the AFC currently, as it stands. So uh, we could see the Steelers drop drop down to the two seed for sure. I, and the Chiefs, you know, or or the Steelers could prove us all wrong and prove they're not frauds. But we don't know if that's going to happen yet. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to prove they'd have to beat a good team. They faced they watched, lost to the Washington Football Team, who's not been good this year. Right. So yeah, I'm not I'm not on board with it. Um. Again, for and on the inverse side, the Chiefs have to face the Saints and the Dolphins are your only two playoff contenders remaining on that schedule uh, for the Chiefs. And, so and two, not out both four, those. two out of four games remaining for the Chiefs. Playoff teams, three out of four for the Steelers. Playoff. Yeah, and but and uh, two AFC games for the uh, Steelers, only one for the Chiefs. But you know, and this isn't to say that. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'll save this point for later. I, I, I got another take when you talk about this. Uh, how about another take here? And we'll go back to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this guy, uh, sorry. Okay, so that one was provided by Justin. This one uh, was provided by one of your friends, Josh R. There's, I think, yep. three different Joshes that provided nice. takes for us. This one was uh, one from one sent to you. Uh, and that was that uh, McCole Hardman is not, isn't that good. Yeah, and I don't think this is that crazy of a take. No, it's not. Um. I think that the Chiefs did select Hardman as a Hill replacement, and then when Hill, you know, you know, it was found out that Hill, you know, was largely innocent in the case that people were bringing against him right. uh, for him to be kicked off the Chiefs. Right. That Hardman kind of lost a spot. He he can't run the route tree like Sammy Watkins yet. He he isn't as big as Demarcus Robinson even. Um, that's not to say he can't be. He can't. He can take the next step, but right now, he might even be a, a fourth option. You know, well, he is the fourth option right now, and he might even be the fifth. Yeah. So you go, you go Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, and then is it Nicole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson? Is the only question. There. Right. But and then you know, and a lot of people also think that you know, K State fans with rally ever from around the area might say that Byron Pringle deserves a shot over McCall Hardman. And that's when it really gets into it. And then you have to really look up stats and everything, but yeah, well, but the thing about McCall Hardman is that he'll always be compared to DK Metcalf because the Chiefs had the opportunity to take DK Metcalf when they selected McCall Hardman. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's not like crazy. It's not a, you know, McCall Hardman hasn't been great this year. But a few encouraging things is that he is still leading the team in yards per reception, uh, yeah. even over Tyree Kill after these insane weeks that Tyree Kill has had, especially with the deep ball. He still is right. averaging 15 yards per reception. And, you know, right. that's kind of the thing with some of those deep guys is if they don't catch a deep ball, then they're screwed. You know, we saw him drop that one against Tampa Bay that would have gone for 90 yards. And, right. you know, McCole Hardman is your premier deep threat. And But, you know, and some of it is also that when you have both your deep guys in, when you have McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill on the field, is that the hope is that they go and cover the young wide receiver that can run fast and doesn't have it isn't as polished. So you hope they go cover Hardman. And as you've seen Hardman's pro- productivity drop off these last couple of weeks, you've seen Tyreek Hill spring up. So 
you know, I would trade that because the receiving core isn't an issue right now. So, right. you know, we don't know if McCall Hardman's maybe just seeing extra attention and maybe he's drawing attention off of Tyree Kill. And maybe that's what Hardman's role is going to be. But uh, saying Hardman isn't good, that's not that crazy of a take. But I don't know if it's fully true, but it's not fully not true. Right. I'm with you there. Wow. What a, what a generic take at the end of it. But uh, yes. So. Okay, so Hardman isn't that good. Let's move on to probably one of the hottest takes. Uh, this was the one guy that we're just going to call Josh because I didn't see what his last name started with. He, again, a Snapchat sent to you. Yep. But he said the Dolphins are going to win it all. You know, and that's a real, uh, that's a pretty spicy, pretty super hot spicy take. It's a steamy pile of take for sure. But Brian Flores is definitely, in my opinion, the coach of the year. Um, they've got a really solid defense and that's really underrated, but they just don't have the quarterback play right now to take it all in my opinion. They have most of the other pieces. They have got decent wide receivers. They've got decent running game. They've got decent everything, but they don't have a spectacular anything. And that's why, in my opinion, they can't win the Super Bowl. They've beat, they've beat two good teams. They beat the Los Angeles Rams, which if you watch that game, it was an absolute shit show of turnovers. And then they beat the Arizona Cardinals, 34-31, at the end of the, at like the last minute. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and then and then they beat the Los Angeles Chargers, but then they lost to the Denver Broncos. Uh, and this is not right. a Denver Broncos team that was playing good. Obviously, they had Drew Locke. It wasn't like the fiasco that Denver had against the Saints. But uh, you know, and then they beat the New York Giant, the New sorry, the New York Jets, 20 to three, and the Cincinnati Bengals, 19 to seven. So I guess that got their hopes back up, but let's let's just pump the brakes. This this year, this team is gonna contend for a Super Bowl soon. Is it this year? I don't know. Maybe this is their best shot at it, just because nobody in the AFC seems to be elite. The Chiefs seem to be rounding into form. They have that wake up, but even then, you know, the Chiefs looked terrible against Denver this last week. Yeah. Uh, so you know, nothing nothing for sure there, uh, but. Let's cut, let's 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 pump the brakes just a, just a little bit. Yeah, yes, let's, let's relax and let Dolphins win it all this year. This year. Um, okay, moving on to one submitted from Trace. This was uh, submitted to me on uh, I think Facebook. Uh, he asked, "Is it worth trading one or two of our offensive weapons to get some good O linemen?" Yes, we should have shipped Demarcus Robinson's ass to to New York. Well, we weren't trading. We weren't trading. Demarcus Robinson was a free agent. He just resigned. Well, okay, I guess you're right. But we should consider shipping his ass to somewhere for an offensive lineman this year. Right. Well, and, you know, to this I say hope is on the way. Uh, obviously, Mitchell Schwartz has been hurt, uh, kind of nursing that back injury. And you really don't uh-huh. – it, it sucks to not have him, but you really need him for the stretch. You really need him for the, for the, for the Super Bowl run. Uh, so I'm not as worried about the O-line right now. Martina, Martinez Rankin just came off the COVID slash reserve list as well. Mm-hmm. And they made a little, yeah, uh, it, it was a one-year deal for Robinson. I just get reminded. And Nick Allegretti's been playing out of his mind randomly. Did you Nick see Al- that? Nick Allegretti's been playing well. This And, and a, a, a slight thing that we don't notice as much is that this offensive line, and I'm, I'm going to say it, and it's going to sound crazy because Mitchell Schwartz is an all-pro He's a, he should be in the Pro Bowl every year, but he's not. But he's, you know, he's always in the all-pro talks. He won't be this year, but he will be when he returns next year. But right. this line is better at run blocking right now than our normal line was. That's and, not, I mean, and something that I mentioned as well, Truman, 
KO is out. Our young, scrappy offensive lineman, Kaleshi Osmele, is out right now because right. he got injured for the rest of the year, and we'll have him back next year. Yeah, and we'll, you know, so this this offensive line is going to shape back into, into form. Honestly, I don't hate that we've had it during the stretch of terrible teams that the Chiefs have gotten to play here lately. Uh, I don't hate that the offensive line is getting some uh, – is that the younger offensive linemen are getting some reps, you know, because we didn't have a preseason where these guys – Wasn't Nick Allegretti play. something crazy like the number nine guard per pro football focus on that metric? Wasn't it something crazy like he was really high up there? Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. This this offensive line has been playing not great, but they've been playing all right, and they're and they're getting better with the more reps they get. But right. at the end of the day, this is the Patrick offensive line, and it won't be the offensive line you see down the stretch. Expect yeah. Wisniewski to come off the practice squad. Expect mm-hmm. Martinez Rankin to make it, make an appearance, and expect Mitchell Schwartz to be back. That's yeah. going to be huge. And then and then you can replace. Uh, you know, you won't see any more Rimmers. Uh, Allegretti is the center. He shifts back over to center, right? No, Ryder. Ryder plays. Yeah, center. Ryder's the center. Allegretti comes out. Uh-huh. I think Rankin goes play. I think Rankin can play guard as well as tackle. So I think I that's think right. He, maybe he goes plays right guard, or mm-hmm. Rimmers plays right guard, and Schwartz is back in a right tackle. So there's hope on the way in the off season. It's going to be something to address. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And as much as I hate to say it, if the Chiefs are going to keep on going to the, going to the Super Bowl and keep on going late in the playoffs, it's not flashy and it's never fun and nobody ever likes to see it. But if you have a late pick in the first round. You should pick up an offensive lineman. You should pick up a well, good, we solid offensive lineman. I mean, lineman. we don't need a quarterback. We don't need a running back. We don't need a wide receiver. We don't need tight end. Yeah. We don't need a tight end. We don't need a safety. If we think that Charvarius Ward and Rashad Fenton can develop, and Rashad Brillian's still here next year, can right. develop into the players that we think they can be, you don't need a quarterback. Right. Uh, maybe, and if you think Willie Gay's going to be really good, you might not even need a linebacker. So... Yeah. yeah, I mean... Oh, here, and I got a live hot take for you real quick. It's not on the schedule. Take? Yeah, from uh, from Twitch chat. So uh, this is from uh, my brother, actually, and he says, hot take, Kansas City is so dominated by college basketball that an NBA team wouldn't have a chance to do great here compared to other places like Las Vegas. Hmm. Interesting. You know, and actually, I, I think I kind of agree with that. K- KU and even Iowa State and... K-State and Mizzou are so important to Kansas City fans as college basketball teams. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Right. I, yeah. yeah, I could see an NBA team going to Vegas, another Western Conference team. Yeah, everybody always thinks that they want an NBA team in Kansas City. It, an NBA, the NBA has no place in Kansas City. I hate to say it. The Sprint Center was built for an NHL team or an NBA team. I'd love to see an NHL team. There's absolutely yeah, awesome. no heat on an NHL team to Kansas City, but I would absolutely love it, and I think it would revitalize the sport in the lower Midwest. But uh, beside that point, uh, we'll never have an NBA team because college football is, uh, college basketball is just way too big in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas, Mizzou, K-State all have too much of a stronghold that nobody really gets that interest in the NBA. You know? Did you know there's several Iowa State bars in KC? Yeah, Iowa State. I mean, you know, it's because Des Moines isn't really a big city. Right. right. So technically the next closest for to Iowa State would be Minneapolis, Chicago, or Kansas City. So it makes sense that there's an Iowa yeah. a few Iowa State bars. 
and they always go down to the Big 12 title. So uh, Big 12. They do. Super they Bowl. always make the Big 12 title game. That's ba- that's basically their Super Bowl there. Uh, so they and they drink they, <laughs> they drink power and light out of Bush Light. Hats off to them for. You can you guys can hey, have true, all the Bush Light. We'll, say, we'll stay drinking Boulevard. You think you think Iowa State could make the? Uh, I mean, we'll, we can talk about this late in a different episode. But Iowa State might have a chance to make the playoff if if certain things shake up. Okay. All right. They're at um, number seven right now. Okay, that's a hot take that we can leave <laughs> for uh, a future episode. Uh, I won't tell you which one it is, but, you know, it's coming for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so worth trading. So the answer to worth trading one of our offensive weapons for to get some old linemen, maybe, but not. You can't trade them anymore right now, and it's something that would have to come up in the offseason. I just think there's going to be a lot of reinforcements that come in and that you hope to find some good linemen in the draft. But if not, there's always some cheap veteran linemen that can honestly uh, shore up a lot of things. And with Patrick Mahomes, yeah. you just need an okay offensive line. You don't need an amazing offensive line. But if they right, had an I'm amazing offensive line like Aaron Rodgers has, uh, it would oh. be interesting to see what he could do. Uh, my next one is uh, kind of a topic that came up a lot last year, but this is from Elias, again from Facebook. Uh, my buddy Elias, uh, he at, uh, mentioned that Frank Clark this season – is not living up to his contract. And of course, this was a big one last season because he hadn't had like a, he didn't have a sack until like game eight or something like that. Uh, so, Owen, I think I told you when you saw this on, when we talked about it earlier, you were like, what? Uh-huh. So you seem shocked. I'm not shocked. And I kind of agree. So with I think he has. He literally made the game ending play in three playoff games last year in the Super Bowl against the Titans and against the Texans. He was all directly responsible for the game-ending play. Right, and then this year, he I think he's been setting the edge in the run game. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet, you know, you know, making sure the tackle and the guard don't, you know, pancake you. That's never going to show up on the stat sheet. But whenever they run to the right side, the running back always has to cut towards the linebackers. And that's exactly the job of the defensive end to do. So and that's never going to show up on the stat sheet. You know, maybe you can argue that he's not getting enough pressures, but you know, if Chris Jones is getting to the quarterback, then Frank Clark is doing his job by drawing, you know, drawing blockers. So I I, I think he's living up to his contract, but I can I'm definitely all about fielding arguments that he's not. Um. So let's 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 do some comparison real quick. Uh. So last year Frank Clark forced. Three fumbles. This year, he has forced zero. <laughs> this mm-hmm. year, at this point in the year, he had six sacks. This year, he has... I want to get this number right. Four. And, obviously, it feels like the entire defense is kind of taking some step backs. Luckily, it seems that Tyron Matthew has kind of come out of his slumber. He's uh, awoken a little bit and been playing better as of late. But, uh-huh. I mean, other than that, it's just... I don't know. I don't know if Frank Clark is playing up to his contract this year. But I think you make a good point in that I think he, he – he, no one will complain about that contract ever again because he sealed off those playoff games, sealed off the Super Bowl, showed up in the Super Bowl, played well. doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like Kendrick's Morales. He hit that, he hit that walk – he hit that uh, game-sealing home run. In game five of uh-huh. the AL, ALDS, that's a deep cut for some people against Houston uh, in 2015 uh-huh. to go. I, I couldn't tell you anything else about the Kendrys Morales contract or how happy I was or not happy with it. 
I'll just remember that moment. I'll always yeah, remember Frank Clark you. sacking uh, Tannehill at the end of the at, at, at the end of the AFC Championship game. I'll remember him closing in on Jimmy Garoppolo at the Super Bowl at the end of the Super Bowl, and I think that pays off his contract enough. Uh, obviously, I'd like to see him do a little better, but uh, you know, as as for playing off his contract, he's already kind of played off his contract. But yeah, he has he does only have one sack since week four, and that is a problem. But Luckily, as compared to like last year when he was hurt a lot of the time, he's he hasn't missed a game yet, so that's been kind of nice. But yeah, I'm with you. Not living up to his contract, yes, probably, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> this was straddled onto that topic: is that are the Chiefs playing down at their competition level versus uh, every team, or or are, are they playing down to the to the level of competition they're playing? Or is every team stepping up to try and take down the champs? I really think from that in the same in the same sentence. Nice, yeah, and I think that the Chiefs are, and we we you and I talk about this all the time, not on the podcast, just in general. I think, and I think what you've always said to me is correct, and that the Chiefs are just slamming the playbook shut against most of these teams. Right, just absolutely slamming it shut, especially if they get a lead at all in the fourth quarter. Right. And which they normally do because the third quarter Chiefs are the best team in football. You you can't beat the Chiefs in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter runs around. Andy Reid looks at his watch, sees the number 12 minutes left, looks up at the scoreboard, sees either a 9, a 10, or a 14 up there for the Chiefs' lead. And he goes, okay. And he closes the playbook. And he puts Daryl DeBarrel in there to punish a linebacker for thinking he could make a tackle in – the fourth quarter and just shuts the playbook and so i i really do think the chiefs are playing down their competition level but obviously every team wants to knock off the champs but it, we've seen from the chiefs that you know week three versus the ravens everyone's like oh big game obliterated just just obliterated them versus the uh versus the raiders again who seem to have the second time around who seem to have the chiefs number Chiefs stepped up made the plays when they needed to Won the game. and Had the ball at the end. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but that's yeah. how the cookie crumbles. Right. Tampa Bay, obviously, they got up early. Uh, and I think that could be a lot of the problems with the red zone is uh, the Chiefs didn't really need to bust out their good red zone plays last week against Tampa. There was absolutely no need to start busting out plays. You guys were up so much. And, yeah, they did kind of almost blow it towards the end, but they ended up putting it away. I think if they needed the touchdown – like they really needed it, needed it. You know, they'd start busting out thing like like Rose per, Rose Bowl right, or whatever they, the the motion the four man yeah motion shifts right to Rose Bowl, Bowl parade. Yeah. So while and while it does feel like Andy Reid's probably uh, running out of ideas a little bit. At the same time, uh, you know, any kind of guaranteed red zone thing is going to be kind of gimmicky, and the Chiefs have been gimmicky in the red zone. But everyone's like, "Whoa, the Chiefs! You know, are they figuring out their their gimmick? No, they're not. It's just." It's just not well, the same. It's just not. And also, and also, Truman, we, we, we've seen the Chiefs actually end the game on offense twice in a row now. And yeah. that looked about as calm as it could be. It looked, you know, that's, that's when you bring out your Michael Thomas five-yard slants, seven-yard slants, and you complete those. And then you run that, you run a draw play to Daryl Williams, who gets seven, and then the game's over. And, that's it. And when the Chiefs were up two scores with like, you know, three minutes left, giving the ball back to Tampa Bay, you know, Andy Reid just said, we don't need to do this. So we handed it off twice on first and second down, threw a short pass to pick up a couple more yards and then punted. Like, 
Andy Reid's just closing it up. He he, he trusts the defense, and that's why I think that we see the play calling that we do is because Andy Reid has complete trust in the defense. All right. Uh, this next one comes from your mom, actually. Mm-hmm. This is a fun one. Uh, but she was asking, do you if we think that Rodgers will get the MVP over Mahomes because it's not fair that he has fewer weapons? And, you know, I think that this is might be a legitimate thing that might happen. I, I, I think that maybe it's not the fair part, but I can totally see the committee going, oh, this is Rodgers' probably last opportunity to win one and give it to him. I can totally see that happening. Here's the here's the issue, is that in comparison to each other, uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't doing a whole lot better than Mahomes. He only leads him in once uh, in in very he leads him in very few stats. Uh, the big one being that he leads him in touchdowns. Because Aaron Rodgers runs a QB sneak and Patrick Mahomes doesn't. Right, right. He's got a few more touchdowns than Mahomes. Uh, I want to. I'm not sure they've updated these numbers yet. Uh, I was checking. It only says 31 touchdowns, but I feel like he's had more this year. Uh, I believe that Mahomes has 33 and Aaron Rodgers has 38. Is right, because he, he just threw two this, this past week, yes. These, this, so these stats haven't been updated yet. Uh, but he only leads them in, in touchdowns. Mahomes leads them in interceptions. Uh, I, I want to say yards per attempt. No, Aaron Rodgers. So. No, they're tied in yards per attempt. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Mahomes uh, leads him by a lot in yards per yards per catch. He leads him in yards. He leads him in interceptions. He leads him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers leads him in touchdown percentage, but that which makes sense. Mahomes leads him in interception percentage. Uh, quarterback rating. They've been really close all year. Aaron Rodgers is ahead of him in quarterback rating, but Mahomes is ahead of him in QBR. This is going to be really close. But what it comes down to is that MVP is an individual award. And that is an air right. quotes. That's a big air quotes because it comes down to you have to be successful to win the MVP if you're a quarterback. Uh, right. The one, acceptan- one acceptance ex- exception being Adrian Peterson a few years back when he almost broke the record after coming back, uh, rushing record after coming back from his torn ACL. That team right. ended up still in the playoffs but w- w- was in the wild card. So both these teams are going to win their division unless I don't. I don't think. The Chiefs, I think, are one away from locking up the AFC West. Either one Chiefs win or one Raiders loss away. And yeah. I would hazard to guess. I think the I th- Green, Bay think Green Bay needs to win a- one more. Yeah, I think I they think, need to win one more. I think they're one away. Chiefs, I think, were the first one. I think there's two teams that have locked up playoff spots right now. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs and like I think the New Orleans Saints did also. This it's, yeah, somebody, somebody that's like not on the top docket. Right. For- but the Pittsburgh Steelers, oddly enough, have not locked that up. Right. Very odd. Um, but because they could like they could lose out and the Browns could win out and they would swap. Yeah, but then it and, they'd, but they'd also have to lose the wild card. But because they would lose right. to Indianapolis, I think, and Indianapolis would probably be their tiebreaker there. Um that'd be crazy. But the Steelers are making the playoffs and and winning the division. But Mahomes versus Rodgers, Mahomes is gonna have to lose one or two more. I think and uh, I think he's gonna have to lose two more out of these last four. And I don't think he does that. I think they're going to struggle a little bit against Miami this week. Very surprising. But I think Taysom Hill is still going to be in when they go to to Miami this week, uh, to New Orleans the next weekend. And the last two games are against Atlanta and the Chargers, which you can't write those teams off, but you can kind of write those teams off. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel good about those. Um, So I do not think Rodgers will get the MVP because also Rodgers also has the best offensive line in football. 
Uh, right. So he has fewer weapons, but he has he he also has a top three wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Uh, he's got a great he's got a better running back in Aaron top, Jones. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, he just doesn't have Travis Kelsey. That's really the difference. But I mean, instead but it's of not Travis like Kelsey. He's got the best offensive line in the NFL. So, yeah, but it's not like this. The Packers' two tight ends are bums either. No, no, not at all. Um, but keeping it in the in the NFC North, uh, your uh, and inside your family, your brother uh-huh. had a hot take. Uh, and and I quote, and I and I want to get this. I want to get this quote right. Trubisky bad. I, this was shocking to me. Uh, Trubisky's really been, been playing lights. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> this should, this is an obvious take. Um, I think everybody should agree with this. Even Matt Nagy probably agrees with this. Um, yeah. Trubisky hasn't been playing well. Everyone knows he was the wrong pick for the Bears, and you're just gonna have to uh, remind those Bears fans over and over that they could have had Mahomes. Yep. Uh, Trubisky bad, but Nick Foles worse? Question mark. Probably. Yes, Nick probably. Foles is worse s- somehow. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles is like the second worst quarterback to start, you know, five games this year. Truman, do you know who the worst is in terms of rating? It's Drew Locke. Drew Locke is the worst in the NFL to start a minimum of five games. Oh, so that that disqualifies Dwayne Haskins then because it would have been Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is real low. Dwayne Haskins had like a 30 QBR for this season. Yeah, it was really bad. Which is insane. Um, Okay. But he also plays for Washington, so you can't blame him too bad. All right, we'll keep moving on from that one. That one was from your brother. This one comes from Patrick, also on Facebook, also my friend. Uh, he said, how are the Chiefs' chances to repeat the Super Bowl without a consistent defense? So I have a problem with the second part of this, and that's the consistent defense part. Uh, the Chiefs are the only team in the NFL to hold opponents to under 21 scoring, or 21 or under for the last eight weeks. The Chiefs have, have that is a lot of these games. And my dad, I think me and my dad were talking about it, and he sums it up great where he says, you know, uh, he has these games that are like, God damn, the Chiefs defense sucks. Chiefs defense so bad, so awful. And he looks up, and there's only they've only allowed 14 points. And you go, what? <laughs> it's it's been odd, but they're relying on the turnover because the Chiefs defense is actually pretty impressive. I didn't know this until I just looked it up. Uh, do you know how many games the Chiefs defense hasn't forced a turnover in this year, Owen? Is it is it zero? It is zero. It is zero. They have forced a wow. turnover in every single game. And really, that's yeah. what they've been thriving on. They've uh, forced multiple turnovers in four games, which is less impressive. But having, but the thing about, uh, but on the flip side of that is that the Chiefs' offense doesn't turn it over that much. Chiefs' offense has had right. four games without a turnover this year, and obviously Mahomes has only thrown two interceptions. And I think they've only had like one red zone turnover or so, maybe two. And not having red zone turnovers is the, is the big thing. And the Chiefs' defense does force red zone turnovers. Right, uh, you know, and that's all, for all they say. For all the good things about Russell Wilson that have been said this year, he has had a lot of red zone turnovers that have doomed no, this team. Russell Wilson's been Truman. You know that Russell Wilson has twelve turnovers since week seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's he, awful. That's he was so leading the MVP. Bad. He was leading the MVP voting, and now he's not even in the conversation. It's literally just Mahomes and Rodgers, and really, it's just Mahomes. Um, People say Josh Allen has an outside shot, but Josh Allen would have to pop off. So the Chiefs' chief, Chiefs' defense isn't as bad as it seems it's a weird because it's just I'm frustrating to see the chiefs lose like offense kind of sputter in the third and fourth quarter and the defense gives up a touchdown and becomes close but that doesn't mean the chiefs defense has been playing bad right and obviously it's only cost them once in the one game where they gave up 40 points because the chiefs offense 
they play down to their level, but they can also rise to meet the occasion on pretty much every level. Right. So all these games 100%. have looked close, but at the end of the day, they weren't that close. The closest games being the Chargers game, uh, the Raiders game felt close obviously the one we lost the second Raiders game also felt close felt like we just had the ball at the end but honestly like the Denver game I mean just don't kick five field goals right the Chiefs if we're we're in a do or die situation the defense is playing really bad they probably go for it on fourth down and two touchdowns taken off the board one by a penalty one by a somehow the Chiefs replay review guy missed it I mean there's got to be somebody whose job is that the man who caught it missed it. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, It's still pretty crazy, though. You know, so these close games haven't honestly been that close, but they've gotten close there towards the end. Right, it's, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I. The Chiefs are going to be okay. The defense just has to keep forcing turnovers because when the Chief, Chiefs defense don't doesn't first force turnovers, uh, they have a bad time. Oh, wait, yeah. sorry. They did not force a turnover against the Carolina Panthers. That's my bad. I somehow missed that. Are you sure? That's what I'm seeing, looking at it right now. Did no they turnovers. fumble? I don't think so. I don't hmm. know. Could, could, be, could be wrong, but that's what I've got. Um, moving on to the next take. So, I guess the answer to that is the Chiefs still have the best chance of anybody to win the Super Bowl right now. Uh, definitely the best odds if you were to go look at a sports book, and, you know, especially yeah, now 100%. that the Steelers have lost a game, those odds just went way up again. Uh, and everybody else's odds just dropped back some more. Uh, moving on to the next one, and we're almost done here. Uh, this one actually comes from my father, and he's he, and he's talking about Hill in the end zone backflip. Uh, and he, he said it was funny once, but now is it a little classless, or is it still funny? Uh, it, it's a smattering of both. I guess it's a little classless, but man, when you're as dominant as Tiger. Tyreek Hill is you're gonna want to get in your opponent's head and doing a backflip in the end zone is a damn good way to do it uh I like it I think it's great I think he's just like I'm the best player of football not named Patrick Mahomes look at me I'm like all right dude you can do you it doesn't bother me right on the flip side of this there was people talking in uh in like the comments of that question and that he could hurt himself eventually here you know he's not clearing these flips by a lot so if he does something dumb because he's doing these flips it's it's gonna cause a problem <laughs> i would i might laugh to be honest if he well, hurt himself doing that i, I would laugh cry because well, that would just be oh and, man and i think tyree kill just uh pisses off a lot of people with that i know if it was like keenan allen doing it if the chargers had the best offense in the nfl <laughs> sorry uh but uh, if they had the best offense in the NFL, it would be a little frustrating to me. But at the same time, it's like, well, you got to stop them to make them not do it. Right. Exactly. So, I'm with you. Yes and no. It's kind. Of, it is classless, but it's still also funny while being classless. But if he hurts himself, uh, then I've got problems. It's just stupid. But the man does a lot of flips, and you know, I, he's, he's also just, not. He's also not old. So right. Any injury is going to be a freak injury that could happen on anything. Any injury that happens from a flip, unless he lands on his head and concusses himself. <laughs> is going to be is going to be a freak accident that could have happened on any play but right. it would be worse if it happened on the back clip um of course moving on to the one or one of the other non-chiefs questions that we had in the here uh from our buddy tyler how bad did bill o'brien destroy the texans hella dude bad it's hella awful. you're done hella bad you guys are dead he shipped away a possible you know depending on who you ask top two wide receiver in 
Uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now. I don't know why. Uh, well, he shipped away the top one of the top targets in the NFL and got two mediocre running backs. So I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. It's just so bad. That's just awful. And then spending all those draft picks and not getting it any back. And so it's, for, it's, for the record, uh, next in next year's draft. So they're going to have to find a new GM and a new head coach. That sucks. They trade away DeAndre Hopkins. That sucks. They uh, basically just crippled Deshaun Watson. Uh, they have no coach, no head, no GM. They don't have a good running back. They don't have a, a top 10 wide receiver. And to compound problems, they also don't have a first or second round draft pick next year. Uh, they, have, <sighs> they only have a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. And that's one of each. Like they had extra ones. And they lost it. But luckily, you know, so you're probably three to four years out to even start thinking about contending. And that means that you hired the best head coach available and the best GM available. And that Deshaun Watson uh, can continue to be okay. Your one hope oh, is Cap. I, and I think he's screwed your cap as well. Even yeah, with Truman. Uh, Truman um, th- yeah, that makes a really bad point. My brother just brought up in the chat. Uh, they're also about to have to pay Deshaun an ass load of money. Yes. Yes. They are. Uh, he's not going to get Patrick Mahomes' money because of this season, which is unfortunate because this season is not his fault. It's so, funny because you know he's gonna he's gonna put up really good stats. He's number three in passing. Yeah. Um, and so he's probably gonna demand Lamar Jackson money, and or maybe Russell Wilson top contract from a couple years ago money, that thirty one million a year. Right, but he ain't um, getting he ain't getting half a bill. No, no, he's not. Which kind of sucks for him because if they would have had like any other pieces, he might he might have earned it. But uh, Bill O'Brien slapped him, dude. Deep breath. Last take. Uh, this has been a pretty good segment. Uh, we appreciate everybody for hopping in and giving us all. Yeah, for real, ideas. guys. Thanks for all your takes. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so the last one comes from Josh W, an old friend from band, submitted it to me on Twitter, and this is one that I think we can both talk about a little bit. But but. Uh-huh. Uh, Pringle obviously has gone on the IR lately, and Pringle is actually a very big part. Uh, and he wanted to point out that Pringle is actually a very big part of this offensive scheme, scheme despite not getting the recognition that the rest of the receiving course gets. Yeah, so um, this has been talked about in a lot of news articles, a lot of KC-based news articles. Uh, Byron Pringle is the only uh, wide receiver that can take the role of Sammy Watkins when Sammy Watkins is not there. He's the only wide receiver that can run the full route tree. Um and he's the only wide receiver that can block that's not named Sammy Watkins. That's the biggest thing for me. Is he's the best he's the best running uh run blocking wide receiver. And while that doesn't show up or it is a whoa, run blocking, that isn't going to get you a big contract. It is absolutely massive for the Chiefs run game. And mm. with Sammy Watkins and Brian Pringle being out, the Chiefs haven't run the ball effectively at all. But Patrick Mahomes has been passing the ball effectively because neither of, those guys, neither of those guys are huge threats, but they also again, are guys that can take pressure off McCole Hardman or Tyree Kill because uh-huh. Byron Pringle and Sammy Watkins can also burn you deep, but they can also run the whole route tree while Tyree Kill sometimes isn't as polished and McCole Hardman certainly isn't as polished right now. Uh, Byron Pringle and Watkins bring in that kind of veteran, and it's weird to say that Byron Pringle brings in a veteran presence, but he plays like a veteran wide receiver because he does those little things like running. Yeah, and he's, run he always seems to come up with a clutch play. He always seems to come up with a clutch play. Um, a lot of people don't know is that he was run blocking on a lot of the Chiefs' biggest runs 
that you know are the most memorable. Uh, Damian uh, Damian Williams' mad scramble to the end zone at the end of the Super Bowl. Uh, guess who's playing wideout on the left side where Damian Williams runs? Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be Byron Pringle absolutely destroying his corner for that block. Uh, always makes special teams play. Is a, a restricted free agent this year. Uh, I believe he's a Dave Tobe guy, so I, I believe he's going to have a roster spot next year for, uh, which is great for us K State fans. But uh, he's a really valuable part of the run game, and I don't see us uh, not resigning him. Yeah, I think he's one of those. I think you see Demarcus Robinson go next year, and I think instead of that, I think they've re-signed Byron Pringle, and you see him more in like the Demarcus Robinson role. Uh, yeah, I, I and Sammy Watkins is. Well, we just restructured it for this year, right? This is his last year on his deal. Yeah, I, I think so. so. And then also, uh, Deshaun Watson already got a four-year 156. Just to be just to be clear. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, but if, still big. <laughs> if Sammy Watkins goes walking, also Watkin away, also uh, Byron Pringle definitely probably coming back. Yeah, but he is a huge part of the team. That is a good point. We appreciate it, and we appreciate everybody pointing it out. So. Uh, or everybody giving us your hot takes throughout the week here. And it's been, you know, it's been a good segment. This is fun. We'll that was a great segment. This. I had a lot we'll of fun. It's a little more often. We'll have to do this. We'll probably do one for the off season and maybe the preseason. Um, Ooh. You know, cause this podcast is going all year. Yeah, baby. we're going, we keep, we're here. <laughs> you guys aren't ready for this. And it may sound like a joke. But once this, once this season's over, especially for the chiefs, but especially for the NFL, we're transitioning into a hard hockey podcast. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We're going to get you guys interested in hockey. But before we do that, we're going to get into our uh, some of our normal weekly segments. We've cut a lot of them for time, but there are three that we kept. And there's definitely one that we need to talk about this week. And normally, trust me, my favorite division in the, in the NFL has been the AFC South. Uh, but there's been a more interesting division I guess it's kind of been it's been the joke all year, but all of a sudden they got really interesting this uh-huh. last week. These last they few sure weeks, did. Uh, you know, one team's on a three-game winning streak, the other team's on a two-game winning streak, and just knocked off a pretty a pretty good team, a pretty important win for the Chiefs. But Owen, I got to ask you the question: What the fuck is happening in the NFC East this week? Well, uh, the uh, the fastest uh, recorded player in the uh, NFL, uh, Daniel Jones is a uh, <laughs> fast, fastest speed this Stop. season is Daniel Jones on his 80-yard trip scramble, by the way. Right. Uh, yeah, fun I fact. I have heard that, yeah. <laughs> so, so Daniel Jones is uh, being a serviceable quarterback. Uh, their defense is playing really well, and they're knocking off teams like the Seahawks at home. So the, largely the work of uh, you know their defense. And But uh, as we've said earlier in the year, when Daniel Jones – doesn't lose the game for them that's a win for the giants on most of the losses you can look to the offense of the giants as the reason they lost the game and when daniel jones just runs the ball well gets the ball out on those seven yard crossing routes when he needs to maybe throws an occasional deep pass to sterling Shepard that gets dropped but not intercepted uh you know the, the giants win and and well, then we've well, got colt mccoy you've got colt mccoy in right? no that's right because daniel jones daniel jones went out last week and he was out, you know, last night, which would be Monday night, right? You know, no, actually, that was Sunday. I, yeah, it was Sunday. Sorry, so I Colt totally McCoy's forgot that Colt McCoy, former Redskins, now the football team player. I was like, whoa, and is was, uh, oh, I guess that is true. Is uh, is starting for the Giants, but and then on the other side, we got Alex Smith, eleven, who absolutely refuses to have a losing season. Um, 
I don't believe Alex Smith has ever played on a team with a losing record. Uh, he's trying to keep that record intact. So, uh, of course, Alex Smith now 3-1 and one as the starter for the football team. Uh, what a comeback. Comeback player of the year. But, yeah, that's that's what's happening, man. Just You're seeing some, he, you know. You saw some, his foot, right? You saw his, you yeah. saw his other foot? His other leg yeah. got cleated? Oh, my so, gosh. So, Truman, basically what you're seeing is the two teams that are on win streaks, they're having quarterbacks that aren't losing them the game, and you're seeing stellar defense. That's what you're seeing. Right, right. All they needed was average to mediocre play from the quarterback position, which Dallas and Philadelphia cannot get. But uh, the Washington football team and New York Giants have been able to find, you know, you know, like number eight, like top 18 quarterbacks in the NFL, top 20 quarterbacks in the NFL. That's all those teams needed to be five and seven. Right. So... Uh, for the other two teams, Jalen Hurts is taking over for Carson Wentz. I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I always he believed threw, that Jalen Hurts was good. He threw a good ball last week. Once he came in there, uh, he didn't get the dub, but it'll be interesting to see how this offense looks different because at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line isn't protecting anybody. So having that mobility is going to be huge. Uh, and then, so Truman, uh, here, sorry to interrupt you real quick, no, but no. I saw this hot take on Twitter and I think you might enjoy it. Uh, so what if we see Phil Rivers retire and Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis? Mm, sure. I don't know. That's fine. Carson Wentz, uh, it could just be more of a mental thing. The issue with Carson Wentz is it's going to have to be through a trade. And the issue with Carson Wentz is he isn't good enough for his contract right now. Nobody's going to want that. Eagles are If the Eagles are wanting, wanting to get rid of Carson Wentz, they're going to have to eat a lot of this contract. Uh-huh. And that sucks. They owe him. I think if they cut him now, they'd have like fifty-four or like it's it's at least four, like forty-five million dollars in dead cap space. And I think it's upwards right. of fifty. And then if they cut him next season, even it's like twenty-three mil. Honestly, I and he's been running for his life so much that I don't even think they're probably even thinking about dropping him. Like he got they got MVP level play on their Super Bowl run. So you know. I don't think they cut him because he has one of the worst lines in football. <laughs> yeah, it'll be – we'll probably see him next year, but it'll be one of those things again where Philadelphia – you know those Philly fans, they're ready to turn on Carson Wentz at the drop of the hat. Uh, and Doug Peterson, apparently. Yeah, and uh, it could certainly – you know, if he goes back to starting next week, it's going to be a problem. Uh, the, other, the other team, uh, the only thing I had for the Dallas Cowboys is that Des Bryant. Did not get to play for the Baltimore Ravens this week, so he does not get his revenge game against Dallas, which kind of sucks. But it does suck. Other than that, Owen, you want to? Uh, what is it this week, Owen? Is it a doming play? It's just it's play? it's the uh, it's the it's the, it's the doming play of the week, and it's only the doming play of the week because uh, I loved it so much that uh, my joy is included in this play of the week. So that's why it's the doming play of the week, not damning play of the week. Uh, it's obviously uh, Big Ben's tipped pass at the end of the game. So uh, the Red uh, the Redskins the uh, the football team Yikes. had just kicked their field goal from Dustin Hopkins, who had field goal issues earlier in the game, to go up by three, and the Steelers were on there. You know, oh shit, dude, it's Big Ben. He just got the ball back with like three or so minutes left. They're like, man, Pittsburgh's really gonna escape with this dub. Yep. And then the and then the football team's line said, "No, we don't care how good your O O line is. We're not losing this game." Chase Young and company just just got up there and disrupted the whole game. We saw it: batted passes, hurried passes, quarterback hits. And I apologize to the player who made the big play. Uh, it was number ninety, but he got a 
so much separation up top and just tipped that ball into the waiting hands of the linebacker, who made a really good jump on the ball as well uh, to, to make the interception for the uh, the football team to be able to kick that uh, to go up six. Yeah, so that's that's a great. That's uh, my that's my diving play of the week. That 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 Washington football team front four is pretty great. Um, they're scary. Of course, for the Dom's Dom for Dom's doming play of the week, we always have uh, Steen's spotlight player of the week. And my spotlight player of the week is a player that doesn't get to have many of these. And quick, I do want to say a quick shout out to Josh Allen. He did play pretty well last night. Uh, looking like a real, looking like a real football player sometimes there. Um, and he, you know, he played, he played well, he played, he played a good game, but, um, future MVP race candidate, maybe, maybe next year or in two years or three years, or maybe sometime in his career. Maybe I'll tell you <laughs> not on this episode, but maybe in uh, one in the future, I'll, I'll let you know, but oh, it's going in though. Uh, right. but a player that doesn't get to have their moment in the sun that much, uh, even though he's, you know, probably the most reliable Ford in Detroit, it's Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> yes uh he doesn't get to have many bright spots in the season because his team is normally getting blown out but they did get to have a great performance against chicago bears in another rally and he got to complete what he didn't get to do in the first week of this season where he threw the t- he threw the last second touchdown to deandre swift and the running back just uh the rookie running back uh was a rookie running back and just fucking dropped it but he actually got to complete the comeback this week and they got to finish the comeback against the chicago bears and he had 402 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 109.4 rating, and a 9.57 yards per attempt. Uh, and he just played He played pretty well, and he played well enough to get them to rally and beat the Chicago Bears. So my spotlight player of the week is Matthew Stafford. Poor Matt Stafford, man. Why do you have to be in Detroit? If he was literally anywhere else, he might, he might have been to a Super Bowl. I don't know if he would him being on any of these other teams would have won him a Super Bowl. But dude's been so good. And, you know, the Gridiron Heights episode says everything. You know, all I have are stats. And it's true, man. Matthew Stafford is just fastest player to 30,000 yards. No one knows that because he hasn't had any support at all, ever. (laughs) It's just, uh, nothing's gone right for the poor guy. I'm, I'm glad to see him on your Spotlight Player of the Week. And point out for as from Gridiron Heights as well, he just needs to retire old, like or retire young, like all the uh, Detroit Lions greats, following the <laughs> lines of uh, Barry Sanders and uh, Calvin Johnson. Just you know, just call it quits. I know you're, I know you're still thirty-two, but you know what? Let's just call it. It's not getting any better. <laughs> you're gonna have to do another new, another new <sighs> coach. It's just, oh, sucks. Sucks for Matthew for Stafford, him, but. You know, I know you've only been to one Pro Bowl, Matt, and you never got to be in the MVP race. But, you know, again, we'll send just like Derek Carr, we'll send you a little certificate from uh, from us that says, Dom, that's true, spotlight player of the week. Yep. And, you know, you can hang you it up next it, to your, uh, your Pro Bowl jersey. It's all you, big guy. You deserve it. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the sports content. So let's get into our top five this week we're doing a top five this week and it's because it's a it's a category that probably would have been tough to find 10 of and also with the with the being the hot takes episode we uh anticipated it just running a little long you know there were 17 hot takes we had to go through and normally we do three chiefs topics so we yep. have to be focused <laughs> and so instead for this week we are only doing a top five but it'll be uh, it'll be a good one and i want to be should be hotly debated and should i be know because i posted this on twitter 
that this is why you got the inspiration and because mm-hmm. I yes, always sir. get shit on for my take when it comes to this topic. <laughs> but this week, the top five of the week is fast food fries. Owen, mm-hmm. give me your top top food All right, fries. All right, so I am actually preparing for you to shit on me because I have two on this top five that are absolutely spicy and out of left field. So, but my number five is absolutely not spicy. And I think this uh, fast food places fries have absolutely earned this spot. And number five fries, I've got Arby's curly fries. They're really good, man. I think they deserve to be in a top five. Um, they're just, you get a lot of fry for your dollar because of the curly friedness. Yeah, it actually um, fills out more of the container because there's yeah. so many different shapes that can fit in there. So one of yeah, you get things. more fry for your buck at Arby's. That's one of the main reasons I chose them. And it's just a good fry. I haven't had a bad Arby's fry yet. You know, if I've had a bad Arby's fry experience, it might change my mind. But as of right now, Arby's is tucked neatly in the number five spot. At number four, this is my first spicy one. And these probably won't be popular, but I think they're delicious. The seasoning's great. It's Wingstop fries. Oh. Oh. I don't know. I always get with cheese, so I don't really know. Mm. But they put a little sugar on the fries, right? Yeah, sugar? they put they put a little, a little sugar. Little they've sugar. got I think they've got some kind of like spice mix with like garlic or something. But they're real good. They're kind of a well kept secret because Wingstop isn't everywhere, um, and it's you know not the 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 favorite stop for people. And when it's a wing place, so you know a lot of people might not even get fries. But yeah. they've got really good fries, and I can, and I uh, encourage everyone to try them. They're great. Get some cheese At number three. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. dude. They, they got the animal stuff. Oh, they've got like voodoo fries now. Oh, they put Ooh. Cajun seasoning. Sorry. Oh, I know. I, they, I'm gonna have. Oh, it's, yeah. It's see, like number four for a reason. Cajun cheese and ranch. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh that's see, see, number four for a reason. Number four for a reason, baby. I'm sweating so, talking about it. <laughs> so at my number three spot, I've actually got uh, Joe's KC fries. Uh, once again, another absolutely massive bang for your buck situation here. You get it's uh, Joe's Kansas City. No, oh, stop it, stop it, dude. You you said I Gates is good because of their sides. Be, I don't want to hear it. No, because of their sauce. The sauce is the best in. Sauce. Oh, gimmick! But, it's a gimmick. But <laughs> but I don't know if we need to count these in the fast food fries because not everybody who listens to these can have can- Joe's Kansas City fries. But that's fine. Go on with your Joe's. Is there Kansas fast food? Fries. It's fast food. Yeah, but they're not everywhere, and it's a it's a more of a sit down plate. I you know you got to go stay at the gas station or whatever okay. you guys do on the fucking Kansas. Side, all right. So. Oh, okay. I know. All right. All right. All right. All right. Fine. You know what? You know what? Just because you said that, I'm gonna actually remove it because you know I think you make some fair arguments. That means Wingstop's gonna move up to number three. Uh, Arby's is actually gonna stay at five because Arby's only deserves to be at number five, and um. I'm going to include the, <laughs> the. I'm going to go with the Wendy's fry, at number four. Okay. Just be, you know, but God, they're, they're always just so cold, and they're just like. But you get a lot. They're always flimsy. Ugh. You know, but that's where we're going with here. Uh, I refuse to put the Chick Fil A fry on my list. No. You get like you get like four of them, and a lot of the times it's a heel of a potato. I don't want to hear about. Uh, their fries. So actually, at number four, we're gonna go with Popeyes fries. Popeyes Cajun fries are great. They are. Said, they are great. Where is this at? I said Popeyes. Popeyes fries at number four. At number yeah. four. That's where. Okay. Yeah. Over Arby's. So okay. because I agree with you that Joe's isn't really fast food, it's more of a sit down place. That's fair. 
So we got we got an, uh, Arby's, Popeyes, then Wingstop, and now we're on number two. But that being said, Joe's fries are delicious. They're great. Okay. They're all, they're really consistent as well. And so at number two, I've got Five Guys fries because Five Guys are a one or two option. They have the best Cajun. They're excellent. You get an absolute ass load of them. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, can I just get a little bit of fries? And the Five Guys guy or, or gal looks at you in the face and goes, no. And then just and then you just hear, as they back the dump truck up to your bag to dump an ass load of fries into your bag. You, Whenever you go out, either uh, you, know, you take a girl there or you go out with your homies, you always get too much fries. It, it's great. And they're really good. And they're ketchup. I don't know what they do to the ketchup at Five Guys, but it's the best ketchup. It, I don't know what's going on. It just is. So Five Guys is number two. And number one, if you know me, uh, this isn't surprising to you. This restaurant, I'm a homer for these fries. I'll admit it. I'm, I'm jaded. I've, I grew up on these fries. They're the best. They have the best smell. And they're just amazing. It's McDonald's fries. McDonald's is at your number one spot, man. It, I don't, it's, it's like it has everyone's to be. number one. That's a, it's a really fair ranking to put it at number one. Uh, you know, I understand that I'm a normie for this. It's not spicy, but I just, I, if you know me, man, I love me some McDonald's and those fries are so good. So from the top, from the bottom to the top, we've got Arby's and then Popeye's, then Wingstop, then Five Guys and then McDonald's. Wingstop, you know, also arguably isn't really fast food, but fuck you. It's it's number three. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I got no problems with it. I understand the McDonald's at number one. Um. So I'm going to preface my top five with that. My food opinions are like talked about in vain or not in vain. What a, they're infamous. They're infamous in, there you go. in my it's social true. medias or my discords <laughs> or my, among my friends. And then sometimes I prove them right. Sometimes they just don't, they don't believe it. <laughs> they don't believe it. Yeah, uh, orange coke though. Orange coke, orange coke, excellent take. Orange coke is you know, the one that sounds infamous great. until yeah. you try it, and then it's great. So right, I, I, that's I like to I preface feel, this with. That's how I personally feel about a lot of my takes, but <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I even started a food podcast because of this. Uh, tune into Grub Buds whenever we sometimes yeah. have it on Mondays. We're, we'll review uh, like fun fast food items or new fast food items that are exciting that we want to try. We'll try them for you. Give you the review. We'll also cover some weird news stories. We just did the first episode on the McRib. I'm here to tell you the McRib is shit. <laughs> mediocre at best. Uh, anybody who's hyping up the McRib, tell, ask them if they've had a McRib lately. Because they probably haven't. Because it's not very good. Okay. On to the top five. So my number five, and this is going to wrinkle, ruffle, ruffle a lot of feathers. Because everybody has it super high. Oh and no! It's always everybody's number one. Oh no! <laughs> I'm not afraid to be different when it comes to food, and I'm not afraid to get slack, and I'm not, and I don't care what people think. And the answer is McDonald's fries are at number five for me. I don't care. I don't care. <sighs> I, I can hear your disappointed silence. I don't care. I, I don't. I don't. They're just not. I enjoy. I'm a man of of. I like seasoning. I like, a, as, as you're going to see, definitely coming up here, I'm a big seasoned fry guy. Uh, almost mm-hmm. always, if you can get seasoned fries, seasoned fries number one. Uh, you know, I'll always do seasoned fries. Uh, give me your Cajun fries. Give me your seasoned fries. Give me your, uh, you know, double fried fries. Whatever. Give, give me over your regular French fries. McDonald's fries have just become, 
it's kind of boring to me. But <laughs> they are easy to eat. They are very good. I'm not here to tell you that they're bad, but I'm here to tell you that they're not insane. They're not a okay. number one fast food side. You know, I was pretty angry at first, but then you just kind of mentioned that you're more of a seasoned fry guy, and I'm like, you know, yeah, you know, if if you like seasoned fries, I can see why you you would uh, would not have McDonald's that high, you know. And for you, Truman, I think it's a very big step for you to put it at number five, and I just I'd like thank to thank you. you for that. I do have one other unseasoned fry above it, which will make people upset, but that's fine. Oh no! Um, oh god! <laughs> but number four is actually after you changed yours around, matches your number four. I had the Popeyes French fry. It's I know if you go to Popeyes, you should be getting the mashed potatoes, you should be getting the red beans and rice, you should be getting the jo- the jambalaya. The mac and cheese is fine. But we had like a student deal in Manhattan where we went to college and it was like you had to get fries with the with the meal for the student deal. Sometimes or you know, depending on who was working. So if it was someone cool, they let you get whatever, but normally you had to get fries. And yep. the Popeye's fries are actually really good. And they're if if they're warm. If they're warm, right. Because they're normally really crispy. They're nice and seasoned. It's, it's got more depth than your McDonald's fry. And so mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Uh, number three. And uh, this is going to be the next really unpopular one for being this high. And everybody okay. always gets really upset about this. And it was on my Twitter. I had somebody that I didn't even know responding to my opinions on this. Uh, <laughs> my number three fry is... The Burger King French fry. I just heard my roommate laugh at it. Uh, the Burger King French fry is, is it, when they're fresh, they're the best classic fry. They're nice and thick cut. You get a lot of them. McDonald's, I mean, Burger King sizes are pretty pretty big. I mean, you know, compared to McDonald's, I don't know. I'd be interested to see which one you're getting more of, but... Burger King fries just it's a good fresh oh. French fry. It's a thicker cut. It's got good flavor. I just think it's a lot better. You can't. Uh, I know. Uh, I, just, I, I I am a. I know. You know. It's fine. It's, it's your. Fine. It's your. It's your top five, man. This is this it's is the hill. I'll, I'll die. I die. I've died on this hill a million times. I fought <laughs> the battle of, of Burger King fry many a times, and we've lost <laughs> thousands of sh- soldiers in this battle. But. <laughs> Burger King fry, number three. Number two, Arby's curly fries. Again, I'm big on the seasoned fries. They're very good. Normally, but I will preface this with normally when I go to Arby's, I get the potato cakes. It's basically like a hash brown that you can eat whenever. It's awesome. But, and nobody ever gets them. But honestly, just get the potato cakes next time instead of the curly fries. But the curly fries are also very good. And and I just like them more, you know, again, a nice seasoned fry, a nice crispy, crunchy fry. Uh, I like the fun shapes, you know, feel good texture in my mouth, mm, whatever. It's a good, it's a good yeah. fry texture. No, you're it's right. It's a good fry. And number one is fat is five guys. Uh, yeah. you know, you get a bunch of them. They have great flavor. It's the only fries that I actually have to eat with ketchup. There's a lot of fries I don't eat with ketchup. I'll eat with ranch instead, but five guys fries have to have that, that ketchup and it has to be they the do. ketchup that you get there. Just get it, pump it out. Put it in the container, put a lid on it if you're going home. But it's it's fantastic, that ketchup, and it's a perfect complement to that fry. But and the Cajun fries, like you mentioned, oh my god. They're so good. They introduced They're them so here good. in the last couple of years, and they are so dang good, man. 
they're they're delicious. You put them on your burger. You know, I haven't I haven't dipped them in a shake yet because Five Guys shakes are like eighty thousand dollars and your firstborn. Right. But uh, I'd assume that if you're you know Bill Gates and you go to Five Guys, you can afford a shake. Right. And then so. I'm, I'm sure it's delicious. And it's got a fry. And they're more expensive, but they are fries that you can split. You know, everybody's always done that lie when you go to, the, like, you get fast food with your girlfriend or whatever. You're like, we can split a large fry. We, can, we just need to split it. We'll split it. Neither of you got enough fries. You know you didn't get enough fries. You know goddamn well that wasn't enough fries. But <laughs> if, you go to, if you go to Five Guys and you get a large fry, you can split that with your girlfriend and your girlfriend's girlfriend and her girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. So it's great. It's awesome. And their parents, because you should never get a large at Five Guys. Because like I said, they back up the dump truck to your freaking bag and just load your ass up. It is. It is a lot of fries from Five Guys. So my top five list, starting at number five, is McDonald's. Number four is Popeye's. Number three is Burger King. Number two is Arby's Curly Fries. And number one is Five Guys, especially the Cajun fries. And you've got to get the ketchup. The ketchup Boom. is like the – I don't understand what they do to the ketchup there, but it's so much better than any other ketchup. It complements the fry so well. I don't know what the deal is. It's just out of the bag. It's just normal little ketchup, but it's so, so good. Yeah, it's just out of the dispenser that, like, every restaurant has. All right. This has already been a long enough episode, so we need to get to our pop culture minutes. Before we do that, a quick shout-out, of course. I've been Truman Steen. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Machine. Or twitter.com slash steam machine. You can also find me on twitter.com at CG Sports uh, RWTM if you're looking for betting information. Also, if you're looking for more betting information and just want picks, don't want to sift through all the bullshit social media, you can go to www.rollingwithmachine.com. Or if you want to watch uh, the show that I do with uh, Steam vs. Machine with my father on Fridays, I post that to my YouTube at the STM Network. So I think that's all of them. I think that's all the links. I think you, I think you nailed it. Owen, where can we find you? You can find me uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash domination7, D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N-7 as normal. And on Twitter at Owen Goshdama, that's O-W-E-N-G-O-S-H-D-A-H-M-M-I-T. And for my pop culture minute, I'd like to talk about something that's kind of been really pissing me off, leave me really vexed. And that's these super cringy, weird-ass TikToks that I've been seeing about, like, POV, you're watching your black friend in the 50s get beat up, and you have to say, stop! You've got to stop, man. You've, You've got to stop with thing. these. It's like, it's people, like, thinking, like, putting themselves in very terrible spots in history. And yes. Like, and then, it, like, crying at the camera. and like It's like, please, like, yeah, like, stop. Like, like it was like the that's that was the one where it's like POV. You're watching your black friend get beat up, but it's in the fifties, so you can't say anything. It's like people were saying things in the fifties. Yes. Yeah, first of all, and your time your timeline's wrong, and you're being super racist. What are you doing? Right. And there I was don't... one that was like you're you're a Jew about to go to the hall. It was it's yeah. weird. It's and a it's a trend. It's a trend. It. I don't know who's promoting these, but why? I just yeah. I have one question: Sorry. why? And then the, the second question context. is, no, yeah, this I don't. I, I I've seen so multiple of them, and I'm just so confused at who thought it was a good idea, and then whose parents looked at their TikTok and said, "Good job, sweetie," and then whose friend said, "Hey, man, nice TikTok. That was great." Who? Just stop it. It's time to stop. I'm calling you out. Stop. It. Yeah. 
That's so bad. Never, never cool. It's one of those things where people compare a lot of things to terrible world events that are happening, or to things that are happening right now, and it just, just stop doing that, guys. It's really, some of those things were really bad, and nothing will compare to that, and that's okay, and stop comparing normal mundane things to that. Let's just, like a TikTok video of you crying. Please stop. Right. Let's just not. We all, it was very bad, and we're all hoping to move on and learn from it, but we don't need you reminding us on TikTok through cringy POVs. Yes. But thank also, you. Also, TikTok cringe is one of my favorite uh, genres of TikToks to watch. That's true. Because uh, I don't really watch TikToks. Uh, <laughs> I don't even have the app on my phone. But are you good? Is that it for you? No, yeah, no, that's great. I mean. <laughs> And live from my Twitch chat, it's uh, the fact that you didn't upvote my TikTok means you literally support Hitler, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> please stop the TikToks, please. Moving away from the uh, cringe TikTok topic, I want to talk about something that uh, has kind of been in the news all over the place. Uh, and the shout out to my boy Lane. But this next Spider-Man film is going to be really exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Dave confirmed, uh, and this is such a weird weird thing to go off of, but so right now we're in the Tom Holland universe, Spider-Man, right? Dave confirmed there's been three iterations of Spider-Man Spider in my lifetime. We've had the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Spider that was in the early 2000s. We had the late 2000s, early 2010s Spider-Man of Andrew Garfield, who got, he got two movies. Tobey Maguire got three movies, but neither of them really reached their, like, finale. And then uh, two years ago, we had Into the Spider-Verse, which was the uh, cartoon Spider-Man that uh, centered around Miles Morales, but brought in a lot of other Spider-Men into uh, get in with the Miles Morales Spider-Man. And it's just opened all these doors. And so what's happening for this third Spider-Man in the Tom Holland universe, which is the live action Spider-Man that's happening right now in the M MCU, uh, is for this next movie... The actors they keep confirming are insane. They've confirmed all three all three Spider-Men are going to be in it. They've confirmed old Spider-Man villains from the other franchises are going to be in it. Like Doc Ock got confirmed. I think they've talked about Jamie Foxx coming back. I think the love interest for the other Spider-Men. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm here to say I'm so excited for this next Spider-Man movie, man. I'm so excited. I don't know what it could possibly be, what they're going to do. It's basically going to be an in-game event of Spider-Man, but. I'm ready. I'm excited. That's really it for me. I just, I wanted to do a quick yeah. shout out for them or whatever they're doing there. You know, that sounds great. I mean, it, as long as they don't do like two seconds of, you know, Oh, Hey, here's Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield hanging out and having a sandwich. This is their appearance. Like, right. As long as they don't do something like that, and they actually have a real role. That's going to be, I'm like pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, uh, that's about that's about it for us. Um, you know. Yeah. Again, I want to take the time here to tell everybody thanks again for sending all of your hot takes, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat. Uh, and again, if you you know we're in episode fourteen, I think fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I appreciate everybody that's been listening. Whether you listen to all fourteen episodes, one episode, two minutes of one episode, it's fine. I appreciate you guys. Just the hot takes. We yeah, we get it. And especially if you made it to this point in the episode. I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, again, I've been Truman Steen. That's been the very handsome Owen Dom. We appreciate you guys being here. And we hope to see you next week.